Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. So happy to be with you here today, Sunday, September 8th. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I am joined by two out of my four sisters, Liz Dolan in Santa Monica, California. Hey, Lizzie. Hey, it's just beautiful here this weekend. Hate to be a broken record on that, but uh, I was out for an early morning walk along Ocean Avenue, and I was away all week, so posting photos on my Facebook page about the beautiful city where I was, but it's just as beautiful back home here in Santa Monica, Leanne. All right, and we're going to hear all about your trip to Madrid. Can't wait to hear that. Julie, uh, you were also in Europe this week, which makes me really feel like a schlub because I literally barely left my house. But, Julie, you were in France this week, I understand. May we, we, Leon? yes. And I am just overwhelmed. Actually, I think I was suffocating because I brought back too many packets of lavender sachets in my suitcase. (laughs) And I was over, I've been overwhelmed. I've been choking and coughing all morning. But I think once I send them off in the mail to you all as little gifties from your sister, that I'll be feeling much better. Okay. It does have a soporific effect, Lavender. So try to keep your eyes open during the podcast, Joel. We have some updates on the missing sisters. Liz, you know where Monica is yes, today. Yes, she? What's I happened? have Monica update, and I have to say, it's totally legitimate. Uh, she said, I'm not going to be able to do the podcast today. Going to the Sunday walk group at the gym in the morning. You know, like many of us, she has been trying to recommit. But then, then I start the prep for my colonoscopy at noon. So, she has a colonoscopy tomorrow. I think we have to totally cut her slack today. She wrote, I'm hungry already and can only have clear liquids today and tomorrow. Have some fun-looking orange jello in the fridge for later. So that's Monica's plan today. <laughs> okay, and that's we did try to connect with Sheila uh, and uh, to no avail. There are no words. We don't, <laughs> we don't understand. But I did get a text update so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read the text text as is updates number one great class no air conditioning okay it has well, been, you have to use our imaginations what that would have been and i i can tell you it, it was 104 here on friday I, I one day one day this week i will confess thursday i was actually writing i was typing and i fell asleep at my desk that's how hot it is <laughs> so, I can only imagine Sheila in a class with third graders. Okay, two. War Brazilian Perea Liz gave me every day for the last two weeks at home. Slept in it and ate in it. Did laundry in it. Doubles as a sheet to sleep on in the heat. <laughs> Liz, what is that? What did you give her? Well, it's, you know, on the beach in Brazil, they sell just those Pereas, but it's the print that is the Brazilian, the Copacabana Beach tile work. So uh-huh. it's just the black and white kind of wraparound thing. So it's basically like a beach towel. It's everything she just said. It's You do it all in Brazil just like that. So why can't you do it all in Pasadena just like that? Well, she's doing it all in South Pass. And then finally, huge update. Uh, it was a group. I felt it was a group event. Diane and I reaching the shores of Florida. So exciting for all the Satellite Sisterhood, particularly because Sheila had had that up-close and personal uh, experience with her in the locker room at the Rose Bowl. And so Sheila reports in today, she saw Diane and I at, at the pool. Uh, she stood up in her lane and yelled, congratulations. <laughs> and that, would be, she, that would be Sheila or Diana did that. Sheila. <laughs> Sheila stood up in her lane and yelled, congratulations. And then with th- triple uh, exclamation points, she looked amazing. Deep, dark tan lines. Swimming to Cuba will do that. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. I cannot believe Diana Nyad is back in the pool. I know. Well, that's, that's amazing. What, that's what she. That's what she does. She swims. <laughs> so, what would you expect her like to play tennis after you swim to Cuba? 
How about you sleep it off a little bit, Diana? Did you swim three days and three nights? Good for her. Wow. Plus, yeah. she was all over. Like, she was on the Ellen Show, which will air on Tuesday. I saw the Dr. Sanjay Gupta special when I got home from Spain on Friday night. I mean, she's been busy out doing the media appearances to explain how she did her spectacular thing. But, wow, I just assumed she was napping in between media appearances. No, no she is. Swimming. She's in the pool next to Sheila Dolan with her giant uh, trunk that says Nyad, her giant cooler. So, her, that was a good update from Sheila. She doesn't actually need to figure out how to work Skype. She just texted. <laughs> I know. Maybe Diana could help her with Skype. Maybe that. Maybe they could work it out. I know. Okay, Julie, let's let's hear about the big wedding in France because it's it sounded spectacular. Uh, I saw some of the Facebook photos from your friend Linda. It looked beautiful, and you know this was a big trip for you. This was it. I mean, I just, let's just recap. I went uh, to a wedding in the south of Fran- France. This was for the daughter of my college roommate. And this had been years in the making. I mean, we had, she had, you know, we had always talked about returning to France. That never happened. And then they decided to have the wedding in Aix-en-Provence. And all of a sudden, a year of planning of like how to get there, you know, where, who was going to use frequent flyer miles, you know, are we going to take a train, a bus, rent a car? We worked on ourselves, all my friends that went to the wedding. I mean, we, we all had new haircuts, fresh mani-pedis, <laughs> And a fresh pair of Spanx. I mean, you, you know, this, this was something. But what can I say about a wedding in the south of France? I mean, you never hear people say, oh, well, I went to this really bad wedding in the south of France. Right? <laughs> it's the south of France. What a say. Right. The weather, Liz, I know you rave about the weather in Santa Monica. You know what? South of France, it's better. Better weather. <laughs> the locale. It's lavender fields. It's vineyards. You have Mont Saint-Victoire. This is the beautiful mountain that Cezanne painted. And the wedding t- took place at a villa. How about that? Leah, no, you'll like this. There, of course, there was more lavender. There was beautiful rosemary. There was a fountain. There was a tent. And Roman ruins. Ah, Roman great. ruins. That's the other thing. Okay, that is a nice touch. Yes. That is. That's cool. I, I mean, they Roman had these ruins. giant Roman arches that would, they were lit up at night. So, I mean, it was spectacular. Other elements of the wedding were all equally as good. Of An extremely beautiful, bright, loving, and lovely bride. Okay, can't beat that. Uh, It seems like a very charming groom, okay? They have a brilliant future together. They seem very talented and loving. So A-plus in that category. Um, uh, As well, they brought very attractive friends with them. Everyone at the wedding seemed of the young people. You know how it is now. I'm sad to say that I'm in the old people group. But there's like at, at the last couple of weddings we've been to, you know, there's like the young crowd, the bride's friends, the bride and the groom's friends, and then there's the old people. And, Us, yeah. You know, and we're one of the old people. <laughs> so I didn't actually talk to many of these young, attractive people, but they looked very good across the room, okay? Now, as you all know, families and relatives can totally make or break a wedding, right? I mean, if you've got some bad relatives or if you've got misbehaving relatives, right. A-plus on the relatives. <laughs> Linda has lovely sisters. She has a lovely mother. The, um, the groom's family was from Canada. And who doesn't love Canadians? Can you say a disparaging word about Canadians? No. They're super no. nice. They're smart. They speak English. They're funny. Okay? <laughs> they're very nice. So that was, that was all good. The relatives, very strong. Very strong on that. And then what really set this wedding off was there was a sprinkling of real-life French people at the wedding. <laughs> which, which totally upped the style factor. I mean, yeah. the people watching was really good. I don't know how they did manage to look so casually chic dressed, but they looked fantastic. You knew exactly who the French people were at the wedding. You know, I mean, well, all us Americans and us Canadians, us North Americans at the wedding, we looked pretty good. But then these French came in and... Well, what can I say? Well, je ne sais pas. Je ne sais pas. I, I don't know the word. But here's the thing. There weren't too many French, which I think is also key to a fun wedding, right? So, I mean, it was, um, it was an amazing experience. But on a very serious note, I think 
what really made this such a rich and wonderful event is my friend Linda has, has many, she is an expert at being a friend. She is a true satellite sister. She's been a great satellite sister to me, but she has a network of friends from, I mean, like, for example, one person that came to the wedding was a Swedish woman named Pia and her lovely husband, Lars. Pia was an exchange student from Sweden in Linda's high school class. So that is like decades ago. Right, 40 years ago. But but Linda has stayed in touch with Pia all these years. She's gone to see her from time to time. They, you know, they just have kept kept their connection. And so while I haven't actually seen Pia in maybe 20 years, Linda does a great job of like filling you in on the other people in her life, her neighbors, her other friends, you know, her high school friends. So... All these people that really, like myself, have no business going to a wedding in the south of France, we were all there for Linda, you know? And we all had the same experience, which was we kept pinching ourselves like, we're at a wedding in the south of France. I mean, you know, there there weren't many people that, like, uh, regularly attend weddings, you know, international weddings. And so there was a great sense of achievement to be of being there. And there was just, you know, just it was great to be with all of these dear friends of Linda that I felt like some of them I knew very well and then others, you know, I didn't, you know, but... uh, but I felt like I knew them well. And so, well, so I think that made it a super special wedding in a spectacular place. So I know the bride and groom had a fantastic time. But here's the other thing about French weddings. They go on all night, okay? I mean, that that is part of the celebration that you celebrate to dawn. So the wedding ceremony was at 6 p.m., uh, my husband and I, not known for being hard partiers, we left the party at 3 a.m. in the morning, okay? Uh-huh. And the party really? went on to, Really, Leon, and the party went on to 5. This is the French way. You just party all night long. In fact, they had a band there, Leon, that had replacement musicians <laughs> so that when the musicians got tired of playing at, let's say, like 2 o'clock in the morning, they had a new drummer and a new guitarist and a new and a new vocalist step in and just keep the music going. Wow! So that's, that's were they playing those awful French disco songs no, or what no, were they? Playing? No, no, no. This was okay. a totally <laughs> solid cover band that just you know okay. they just they were excellently so no horrible French disco music. No. Okay. At the risk of sounding like mom, that sounds like they had to keep serving a lot of meals. <laughs> yes, there was a second meal. Well, first okay. of all, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here was the key to the evening, because my husband and I were very worried, like, how were we going to stay up all night? How we just, right. we just didn't know how we were going to do that. But at the cocktail reception part of it, they were serving, do you know what a croque monsieur is? Do you know what this is? It's like a hot ham and cheese sandwich. They yeah. had a croque monsieur station at the cocktail reception. And I really think that was the key to our longevity, is that <laughs> we were able to eat enough, a lot of these ham and cheese sandwiches, okay? Uh, because certainly it was France, champagne and rosé wine was flowing at this event, um, but it was the croque monsieurs, they saved me. That was, that was it. Because dinner wasn't until 11 o'clock at night. Can you believe that? I can't even believe it. But it, I mean, but it was all it was all good. It seemed so French and the thing to do to eat super late and dance into the night and all of those things. So um, it was a great celebration, and you know it was worth everything to be there because it would have been easy to just say no, no, sorry, you know, oh that sounds really good, but we can't do it or. Wow, that's that's you know that's too big of a trip. I mean, everybody made a real effort to go there, and they got there by hook or by crook, and 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 everybody was so glad that they did because it really was 
a, you know, sort of a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, I don't think I'm going back to France for another wedding. I get, right. unless someone invites me and then I'm ready to go and I know how to do it. But, um, how, how did the language turn out, Julie? How, how was your French or your international language that you outlined for? Magnifique. I had no problems whatsoever because I just didn't care. And then the other thing is in France now, like every third person speaks English. So even with speaking French to them, they would respond in English. So, uh, but it's no problem. The international language works so well. You know, you just have to have a few key words, a finger, a calculator, and a credit card, and you <laughs> are good to go. You are good to go. But uh, it, it was it was quite the event. So, uh, other than other than the lavender sachets, did you actually? Uh, Exercise that credit card. Any other purchases? Uh, I, you know, we bought some uh, L'Herbe de Provence, Liz. Bought, oh, okay. bought some of that. Uh, bought some of that. I tried to stay away from items that would be confiscated at customs. Uh, yes. So um, just a few trinkets here and there. Nothing nothing major. You know, no, I didn't, you know, I, it wasn't really, a sh- I mean, yes, we did have a couple of days where we went to those incredibly beautiful and picturesque French markets and, you know, bought a few um few little trinkets, but um, it was mainly lavender sachets and more lavender. So uh, <laughs> that's what we threw at the bride, lavender. It was wonderful. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a nice yeah, touch. It was very nice. It gets that's magnifique. Kind of, it gets kind of stuck in her hair, though. That's so... Oh. Oh, <laughs> it's small, you know? It gets a little... Yeah, bit, and so, sticky. Lavender's a little, a little bit, sticky. A little bit sticky. A little bit sticky. Yeah. But, you know, it was, uh, it was a great experience. Uh, and again, mainly because, you know, because it was about friendship, um, it, you know, more than anything. So that's Liz, it. you went to Madrid this week. Was that about friendship? <laughs> no, it was not. Yes, by sheer happenstance, I was on another part of the continent. Um, this is, I was in Madrid. You know, I work for the National Geographic Channel, and we were doing the debut of a series of the new shows for the fall. And these are international shows that we produce for the 180 National Geographic channels all over the world. But because one of the key hosts of one of the key shows, a show called Brain Games, he's Venezuelan and speaks Spanish, we thought, why don't we do something a little fun here and we'd have the premiere in Spain. So that's why I was in Madrid, um, which is just the most elegant, the most beautiful city. So it was really a lot of fun. So it was, it was a lot of work, but it's also, you know, talk about your dinner at 11 PM. There's a late night light. It's sort of the whole deal in Madrid. So do what they need to do during the day. And then they seem to go home and take naps before they go out to dinner. And it was, um, very warm and beautiful. So we had a lot of late night dinners outside. It just could not have been more beautiful. In fact, from my first night there, Leon, I posted a photo. We were having dinner at this rooftop restaurant with a spectacular view of Madrid. And so on my Facebook page, I posted a photo of where I was for dinner. And your friend Andy, who lives in Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. Your friend Andy saw that on my Facebook page and said, what are you doing at City Hall in the middle of the night? (laughs) You know, and this is one of the sad things about Spain, what they call the crisis, and that's what everybody calls it, just in conversation. Well, because of the crisis this, we're in the middle of the crisis, so that. uh, Because of the crisis, the city of Madrid and the entire government of Spain apparently is looking for any angle possible to make any money. So... On top of City Hall is this gorgeous outdoor restaurant that they've recently opened. And so that attracts a lot of people. And I have a feeling it's a major moneymaker for them. And they can use everything they can get. So I responded back to Andy. No, I was just there at the restaurant on the roof. And he... um, and his answer back was, he was reassured. He thought maybe I might be there getting married or something. And, um, <laughs> no, that's and, south of France, Liz. I know how to do uh, that. I think he would have been insulted if I came to Madrid to get married and did not call him. Yes, uh, yes. That's he would have been. He would have been pro-marriage, but annoyed that you hadn't called. Yes. So, <laughs> so anyway, so it was, a, it was a good week of work, did a lot of stuff. You know, we had people in from all over the world. So that's always interesting. But then coming home. On Friday, you know, I've had, this is my 
third trip to Madrid in the past 12 months. And uh, because we have a lot of work that we do there. And the I remember talking on Satellite Sisters a year ago, coming home from Madrid, I got hit by what I called the ham scam. Right? The yeah. uh, In Spain, you eat a lot of jambon. Jambon. En français, it's jambon. But in, in, in Spain, it's like hambo. I don't know what it is. Anyway, it's ham. It's dried ham. You and just so, point to the what you want, right, Liz? You never even have to say that word, right? You just point. Yes, no, no. You want ham. They know what you. They know what that index finger means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can I just say tapas is totally the way to go for that too. If you don't speak the language and just little plates of all kinds of things are coming by, it's like dim sum in a Chinese restaurant where you don't have to know what anything is. It just looks delicious, so you you eat what you want. So it's pretty much a week of that. But a year ago, I tried buying some ham in the duty free shop to bring home, and by the time I was clearing customs in the United States, they were like. What are you kidding? You're not allowed to bring that into the U.S. And I, I really felt like I was ham scammed yeah. because I bought it in the duty free shop. Right, so that was like strike one. Strike two happened about six months ago. Again, I'm leaving Spain. I'm thinking, okay, no ham for me. That is against the law. So I bought two beautiful bottles of Spanish olive oil, sealed in the duty free bag. The whole thing, you know. Again, I'm assuming if they sell it to you in duty-free, you must be able to take it through without thinking. It's incredibly obvious that obviously it's more than three ounces of liquid. Right. Uh, which wouldn't have been a problem if I was on a nonstop flight, but because I was changing planes in London... I got that olive oil as far as Heathrow, and then they took it away from me at Heathrow. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that makes me sad. They I, I missed them sad for you. Yeah, they really don't care what they approved at the Madrid airport. You now have these two giant bottles of things in your carry-on, and it's too late to check it because you did, 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 whatever. So, uh, so that was strike two. So this week I decided I am going to get something home if it kills me. And the very first night at that beautiful dinner on the roof of City Hall, the uh, uh, the first course was those delicious Spanish white anchovies. They are fantastic, fantastic, though. Isn't that the I know. Yeah. And I know most people do not like them, Julie, but I love them. Mm-hmm. And I made such a point of raving over the anchovies that the next day at work, the head of the Spanish office, Pilar, presented me with a container of the beautiful Spanish anchovies. Oh, wow. So how, is, how big is this container, Liz? I'm trying to get not, a picture. Not big. Not big. I would say the about as big as my hand, you okay. know? Okay, good, good. So, so and, but, and I kept it in my mini bar all week, you know, because it needed to be, like, vaguely refrigerated. And so I was so worried all week that I was going to leave and forget it in the mini bar. But I did not. I got it home. It's back in my fridge now. And tonight I'm going to uh, dinner at a friend's house. It's just sort of burgers in her backyard. But now I'm thinking, okay, what can I make with the anchovies that will be a delicious little appetizer? So... You girls have any suggestions? Because yes, I have just here, just put them on a plate with toothpicks, Liz. Don't do anything to them. They're delicious, yeah. just as the way they are. Yep. Yeah, that's what I would say. Less is more. However, they serve them to you in Spain, try to serve them like that. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Because yeah. the thing is, you know, two thirds of the people in the world will just not eat anchovies anyway. So the idea of dressing them up, hiding them in something, that doesn't do any good. People, you know how people like sniff out the slightest anchovy in a Caesar salad and that's it. This whole Caesar salad is off limits to them. So yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the way they served it, it was like a little crostini with just the anchovy on top. I think I'm going to go that way. Yeah, that sounds good. Maybe a little chopped tomato or something. Yeah. A little something, something. Something like that. So, uh, so there you go. The uh, success with the anchovies after having gone down in flames with the ham scam and the olive oil. So, so you certainly didn't declare them as you were coming into the U.S. You just kept walking. Is that is that my understanding of how you, how you? Well, approach? Julie, as a as a citizen who has that special global entry where I can just use my fingerprints to get through 
customs and things yes. without having to have too much conversation with customs officers. Yes. I, I wouldn't want to admit that that is what I did to you because then I might put my global entry status in some kind of jeopardy. Right. But right. Um, anyway, I made it through. Let's just yes. leave it at that. Okay, Liz, that's good. I made it through. It, it, it was not an issue uh, when, when the time came. So there you have it. But, okay, so... Having spent all week in Madrid, which, as I say, I think it's, I think Barcelona has stolen Madrid's thunder. Have you noticed this? That, like, Barcelona is, like, the cool place to go now, and nobody goes to Madrid anymore. And I'll admit, Barcelona is a fantastic city. And Barcelona has the advantage of being on the ocean, which is always nice for any city, right? right? So. On the Mediterranean, good place to be. But you should not overlook Madrid, people, because that is one gorgeous, elegant city with people who are just incredibly nice and, by the by, could use the business. Uh, which is why I was really rooting for them to win the Olympic bid. Yeah. Yesterday was the announcement, three cities in the finals, Madrid, Istanbul, Tokyo, just like I feel so bonded with my uh, my Spanish brethren, I was really hoping that Madrid would would pull it out. And not only did they not win, they got knocked out like in the first balloting, which made me very sad for them. So <laughs> they yeah. could have used a little pick me up. Yeah, just even make it to the finals, even if they weren't going to go through. I know. Yes. Did they have to be the first one knocked out? You know, I just thought they re- they do really need a pick me up. I would say this. If you, yeah, they you can feel it that the crisis weighs on everyone all day, every day, and they're not sure how they're going to get their way out of it. But at least coming a little bit closer in the Olympic bid. But I noticed today they announced the Spaniards are just going to pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and try again. But not, but it was Barcelona that announced oh. this morning that they're going to bid again. So, well, that was a great Olympics, though, 1992. So well, do you think maybe that's the case. Yeah, do you think because they had recently had it that that's, that's one of the reasons why they didn't want to give it to Spain again? I don't know. That was 1992. That seems like a long time ago. Yeah. It's like, I know. The, well, uh, I, I mean, I would, I would have been, I think all three locations, Istanbul, Madrid, or, you know, Tokyo, are fantastic locations, and they each would have brought great things. But I'm pretty happy it's go, that the uh, Olympics are going to be in Asia. I think Asia is a, just such a wonderful place to visit, and the culture is so interesting and so different than ours that I'm sure it will be a very rich, um, rich um, event. You know, there will be a lot of ceremony. It will be visually really interesting. Um, so I think it will be good that it's in Japan. I agree. You know, we've all been to the Olympics. I've been to a lot of Olympics, winter and summer, all over the world. It's there's there's just no such thing as a bad Olympics. Um, well, well some... Sochi, Sochi, it's coming up, Liz. So we're just going to relay that. I, I'm just I, I'm I'm willing to give Sochi a chance, Julie. Okay. Uh, all right. But I'm just I'm skeptical that 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 Sochi is really going to be. The spirit that we're used to, but but whatever. So Japan, congratulations, good for you. Twenty twenty, we know we'll all be watching. Right. We're yes, we'll all be watching, of course. And Spain, there's always tomorrow. That's what I think. You know, we'll just uh, we'll we'll go visit Madrid, Liz. That's uh, if you feel like that's part of the things that we should be doing. I think all the satellite sisters can start booking trips to Madrid. Okay, there you go. Hey, while we're in Asia, just just a quick update. I, this is a poll that a uh, uh, sort of a spot poll I would like to take among satellite sisters, and you can go to our Facebook page and register. Here's the question: Dennis Rodman. Is he an idiot or a spy? What do you think? Okay, many of you have seen in the news and you have sent word to me that Dennis Rodman made yet another trip to North Korea. And he made another, you know, he's there, you know, with a big publicity meeting with um, now Kim Jong-un, the, the grandson of, you know, dictator. The, and, and what is he? Is he just an idiot that is so hungry for publicity that he no longer can get in the U.S., so he has to go spend time with one of the most notorious and worst dictators in the world? Or 
Is he actually working for the United States? Is he a tremendously courageous patriot that is helping the U.S. Um, in North Korea? What do you think? Uh, well, first of all, I think that's a fantastic movie, what you just described there. Um, <laughs> I, I see that as a comeback vehicle for Eddie Murphy uh, as a comedy. Okay. Uh, that being said, I think he's an idiot. <laughs> Okay. I, I, I wish he was a spy. I think he's just an idiot. Okay. All right. I, here's my position. I'm assuming because he's always been an idiot that he's still an idiot. Right? I, so I'm, I'm agreeing with Leanne. I think this is just an idiotic person. If, <laughs> if he is a spy, oh, my, my, that is, would be a sad state of affairs, you know. Uh, well, he has spent more. He's one of the few Americans that spent as much personal time with this new, new young, dangerous leader um, than anyone in the U.S. So, um, Okay, well, that, that is scary. Did you see that story about him a couple weeks ago, Julie, that he had had his ex-girlfriend assassinated? That was, like, that was a story I saw in the Huffington Post one morning, and I meant to ask you about it, but it could have been when you were already away. But, but there I, I, Yes, and it was um, posted on our Facebook page as well. Um, yes, I mean, again, that I think the idea people want to dismiss these North, North Korean leaders as, you know, that they're, this is some big joke, they're just some freaks joke. No, these are... These are horrible people, and, you know, and they, what they are perpetrating on the people of North Korea is a human rights violation. So the fact that he had his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend assassinated, I am not surprised. I am not surprised about any of that, and I believe it's probably true. Julie, what do you think about Dennis Rodman, idiot or spy? I, I see. I think maybe he could be a spy. I really do. I think that he is prov hopefully providing the U.S. with some valuable information. Um, in spite of this, <laughs> see, that just makes me laugh right there. I mean, that's, that's okay. what I think. That's, I, I, that's, um, that's what I think. Okay. okay. All right. But you can Thanks. weigh in on your own, your own opinions. Okay. Idiot or spy, Dennis Rodman, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> All right. Let's totally switch gears here, girls, uh, from international travel to what came into my mailbox this week, because I didn't go anywhere. Did I mention that? Nowhere. Um, but uh, I did get yesterday something very exciting and meaningful to all Satellite Sisters. And that is the Chico's 30th anniversary catalog. Now, you know we love the Chico's. You know, we have all turned to Chico's in moments of panic, in moments of vacation, in moments of that unfortunate weight gain. We have all gone into Chico's, and we have scored. Have we not? Yes. Yes, yes yeah. for sure. And we admire their business sense and their acumen. And uh, we did have the opportunity to work with Chico's a while back when we were on the Oprah tour. We have had time up close and personal with Chico's, getting to know their master stylist, Cher, uh, Canada. So we love the Chico's, don't we, girls? We love it. Love it. And we love so the people. I, we love the people at Chico's. It's not just yeah. the style. They're super nice people. So I thought I would go through the 30th anniversary catalog and pick out one thing for each of the Satellite Sisters. Now, I'm not going to buy these for you. You have to go yourself. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> so thoughtful of you, Leanne. I know it's your birthday coming up, Liz, so I'm going to tell you what you should go buy yourself, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to start with the sisters that aren't here, okay? Because okay. I've got something for everyone. First of all, I think we can all agree... Um, that only two of the Satellite Sisters, two of the five, can actually wear the color teal. That would be Julie and Monica. So um, according to the Chico's 30th anniversary catalog, teal is the color of the season. So I would like to suggest that Monica go pick herself up a delicate Camilla cardigan in teal. What do you think? Oh, I think that's good. I think she looks good in bright colors. And uh, so that, that's, that's good thinking, Liam. Okay. And then, now, uh, you know, they like to give us fashion advice in the Chico's catalogs. So one of the pieces of fashion advice they're sharing this week is, wow, you're weak, Liz. That's wow. what Chico's wants us to do. Wow, you're weak. They want you that involve rolling up my sleeves and putting well, up? They want you to take iconic separates that take you from morning meeting to evening fun in fabulous style while you're weak. And you know what, sisters? There's none of us that could wow her week a little bit more than our sister Sheila. Uh, because 
I have had the pleasure of seeing what she wears to work on Fridays when she stops off at my house after teaching. And she could use a little wow in her week. That's all I'm saying. Especially by Friday? Yeah. So I'm going to be bold. I'm going to suggest that Sheila indulge as part of the 30th anniversary collection in the faux leather shirt. I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think yes. the students. I think the students and parents in her class would be wowed if she showed up in a faux leather shirt on Fridays. So. I think she could probably work in that Pareo thing as well. <laughs> Imagine it, Julie. Wow, that would wow your week, wouldn't it? I think she's going to have to wait till the air conditioning comes back on in her classroom now. Okay. <laughs> leather. Well, That's Liz, it's faux leather. It's faux leather. Still it's sounds leather. sticky. It sounds very sticky. <laughs> okay. Now, Liz, yeah. I know you love the Chicos. I know you head in there when you're going on a long trip and you need some fresh shirts that don't have small stains on them. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> it's just easy to shop there. There's actually one within walking distance of my home. Well, I want you to head right over there this afternoon, Liz, because on, uh, let me get what page this is in the catalog. Well, they don't have page numbers in the catalog, but about midway through the catalog, Liz, yeah, there is a tunic that it pretty much says Liz Dolan. Of course, it's called the Veronica tunic, but it really should be called the Liz Dolan tunic okay. because it's softly chic. And that's you, Liz. Softly chic, Veronica top. Uh, it's a silky feel, so not actual silk, just silky feel tunic, Liz. Machine washable and ported. And, Liz, I think you could get them in all four solids and and the uh, the leopard print. I mean, I think you could. So That would be good for you, Liz, because you leave clothes in all sorts of hotel rooms all over the I place, do. right? So I do. If you had multiple, if you had multiple shirts, um, that, that could really help you out. So if I actually had five, is it, you think you could pull that off just wearing the same thing every day? Could that become your iconic thing? Like, could I be the person that wore the same shirt every day, but in a different color? Is that Liz, it would wow your week. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> head over. I'm sorry. Okay. And it's not leopard, it's cheetah. So even more, <laughs> you could be a cheetah girl, Liz. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's, I'm telling you, you want, you'll want to wear, get every single one of these colors. They're just basic colors. It's a nice price point for you, Liz. Uh-huh. Head on over, softly chic, Veronica top. And then Julie, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know what they say at Chico's. Well, this is what they said in the catalog. And I quote, we think of leopard as a solid. So <laughs> that okay. is real, that's a really bold thought, Leanne, because um, I don't. But um, but I guess I could. I guess I just should embrace. Open it your mind. Me. Open your mind, Julie. Okay. We think of we think of leopard as a solid. Okay. And Julie, I believe you are the only sister that could think of leopard as a solid and pull it off. You have a cute figure. Okay. Uh, you have some opportunity to wear leopard as a solid there with your international traveling life. And um, and let's face it, don't you want to spice things up a little bit? <laughs> you mean I'm, I'm as the oldest sister? Is that what you're saying, Leanne? That, um, well, this maybe is- all you have left, you're a leopard as a solid. I just want to embrace it. Just become one of those, those women of a certain age that wears leopard as a solid? Okay. Yes. All right. All I'm saying, Julie, is there is a sheath dress on page five. And you know how Chico's loves the statement necklace, yes. right? We know that. Yes. Uh, you know Chico's, they're belt believers. Yes. They, they, like, they like belts. Uh, they like to push up their sleeves. We've been told that that makes, our, for some reason, us look taller if yes. we push our sleeves up. Julie, they have encapsulated all of those things and leopard print. In a single dress. My goodness. I didn't, I didn't think it was possible to pack so much wow into one item, Leanne. But I can see that's that's the one for me. I like all of those items. Dresses, yeah. belts, and it's necklaces. All, it's like it's leopard on the bottom, but then it's, there's a belt in right in the dress. It's a print. And then, you know, those like kind of faux Hermes prints with the jewels and everything. Yes. Oh, that's the top of the dress. Okay. And then it's three-quarter sleeves and... They, I'm telling you, Julie, everything you know to be true about Chico's is in this one dress. And I can't <laughs> think you can pull it off. Okay. 
Well, I hope what have you picked out for yourself. Yes. Yeah. What did you pick out for yourself, little sister? You know what? I got. I have a few more. Um, I have a few more book things. You know, I have a few more. I have a very busy September. I'm coming to Dallas. I'm going to Baton Rouge. I have. If you're in the Los Angeles area, I will be at the Pasadena Public Library on Thursday night. I'll be in La Cañada the following week. I have a very busy speaking September and October, and I could use some unstoppable sparkle. And so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, couldn't I? No, I, I need really. to be I mean, unstoppable. I'm laughing, but who doesn't love a little sparkle in our life? And so, and if it's unstoppable, I guess that's, that's it. The best kind. So, don't you think some shimmering lavender gems would be good? Oh, layers yes. and layers of shimmering lavender gems. So I, they have some very cute necklaces that I'm going to go get myself. Okay, Leanne, I think that's a really good idea. Good, good. <laughs> And Julie, I have one more thing for you. color palette, Leanne. I, it is. No, and I just works well with your color palette. I, I just got a new lavender shirt, and so I think these unstoppable sparkles will be perfect. And uh, Julie, I have one more note for you. Okay. Our good friend Cher, who worked with us on the O tour, she is going to actually be in Dallas. No at way. The, at, at the Chicos in Dallas, September 19th, from 3 to 6 p.m. at Preston Royal. Oh, know I know just where it is, Leanne. I am going. I am okay. going to see Cher. I'm going to go buy that dress and then go talk to Cher. What do you think? <laughs> the 19th? Okay. I'm going to be yeah. there. I got to do it. I got to do yeah. it. Okay. I agree. Go okay. for it, man. I, think I, I want a picture of you with Cher. That's yes. what I would like to see. Okay. All right. Well, you in the dress with Cher. Okay. In the dress. The all-in-one leopard as a solid built-in necklace belt three-quarter sleeve dress so, i can okay. barely finish this podcast because the other thing about chico's it's open sunday afternoon i'm going right now i'm going to get the dress <laughs> september 19th i'm going to go see share how great okay now uh that kept me very busy this week but as did um you know watching hgtv and uh that's exhausting and there's so many shows now and you have to invest so highly in them that I feel like I had to choose between um, the Property Brothers and the Kitchen Cousins, you know? <laughs> that you just I didn't really... have two shows where they're the two men telling you how to design your house or your kitchen. Is that what you're, what you're thinking? That is it. And that is it. And, you know, I feel like as the Satellite Sisters, we do need to endorse either the Property Brothers or the Kitchen Cousins. It just <laughs> feels like... I agree with that. Totally agree with that. Yeah. The time is right. Now, here's a couple of things that I'm suspicious of in terms of the Property Brothers. First of all, they're too good looking. Yeah? Yeah. They're a little too polished. Uh, they're a little too slick. And I don't believe they do any of that work themselves. Even though they show them doing some work on television, I don't believe they do any of it. And contrary to what you said earlier in the show, Julie, they are Canadian. And I, I just feel like... You know, maybe some sisters from Canada could endorse them. I would like to throw my hat in the ring with the Kitchen Cousins. Now, have you seen these guys, Liz? I have not. No. So I assume they come in and they redo your kitchen? Yes. Yeah. But they redo your kitchen, but they're from Hoboken, Liz. Okay? They nice. represent the great state of New Jersey. Nice. But they're like nice, good-looking guys from Hoboken who enjoy blue jeans and tight T-shirts. I have no idea that Monica, I have no doubt that Monica spent many hours with the, with the kitchen cousins. Okay, now, now Leanne, I've just got to press you on this because I, yeah. everything you've said uh, up, at, up until this point is absolutely true. Although I do, um, I do think the Property Brothers should shave a little more. I, I don't go for that stubble they have. But it's can, very, it's very much okay, stubble. Okay, but can we just talk about the kitchens that the kitchen cousins <laughs> actually design? You don't have any problems with those kitchens? You know, they're from Hoboken, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your beef with their kitchens, they're, Julie? Like, they're like wild and ugly, Leanne, uh, uh, Liz. They do like red kitchens they do just they do kitchens that would give you a nightmare you know they're just they're they're not attractive kitchens at all okay so that you know they tend to be they're kind of theme kitchens uh-huh you know rustic italian for you know in in the middle of right. new jersey you have to wonder about that so I, I will i will agree with you julie i wouldn't necessarily want them to do my kitchen but like i wouldn't mind if they did the neighbor's kitchen <laughs> <laughs> And I could just watch out the window. 
<laughs> so, but they seem like nice guys. Yeah. And apparently, apparently they're, they were instant stars on HGTV. Like they just, someone saw a four minute tape of them and they ordered an entire season of their show. So Liz, if you haven't, if you're trying to decide Property okay. Brothers versus Kitchen Cousins, I just suggest the Kitchen Cousins. Okay. That's all. All right, I'll set my TV for that, and uh, so I can just skip the the brothers altogether. Yeah, just, that's all fake. It's completely contrived, and it's in Canada, so it doesn't. <laughs> okay, it's, Lena, it's not relevant. Canadians to are anything. very nice. They're very nice people. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, then moving on to the whole issue of very nice people, we got some excellent, excellent email this week. You know, you can always email us at sisters at satellitesisters.com or, you know, if it doesn't need to be so private, just post it at the Facebook group. We have a Satellite Sisters Facebook group, which is an open group. You can post whatever you want there and then the whole sisterhood can respond. But we got two letters that I just wanted to share this week because, you know, it makes us very happy when we know that you're out there and that you're listening at all but that listening has actually helped you in some way of course is super rewarding for us so the first letter we got from Shirley and Shirley I'm going to not use your last name just to protect any what little privacy you may have left in this world um But she writes, Dear Sisters, without sounding stalker-like, I would like to thank you for helping me through this past year. Okay, let me stop you right there, Shirley. There's, we've had actual stalkers. Someone who writes us a super sweet email, we're not going to put you in the stalker category. You know, so, and people put that a lot in their email, like, I don't want to sound all stalkerish. No, like, just because you write us a letter saying that you're part of the sisterhood, believe me, we're not judging. You start showing up at our front doors, then there's a problem, okay? So, uh, <laughs> dear sisters, without sound, sounding stalker-like, I would like to thank you for helping me through this past year. I'm a long-time listener, but found myself reaching back into the archives daily these past 12 months. One year ago this week, I was diagnosed with endometrial cancer, and a week after that with breast cancer. Uh Talk about a double whammy. Neither was very advanced, so I'm extremely lucky in that regard. I was never on the receiving end of scary news from my doctors, but instead was told that the treatment would be tough, but I'd come through the other side. It did mean, however, that I was out of school for an entire year. I teach middle school chorus and music. Again, can I just say, anyone who teaches middle school course in music, not likely to be a stalker. We're not going to assume bad things about you. So here's the extra special part. I am fortunate to have six fabulous real-life sisters who all pitched in to help their single sister through the toughest year of her life. I never went to an infusion or doctor's appointment alone until the very end of treatment when I was well enough to drive, used to the routine, and knew all of the caregivers by name and vice versa. Listening to your podcasts, either brand new or new from the archives, relaxed me when I couldn't get to sleep because of steroids, kept me company when I couldn't open my eyes to watch TV or read a book, and most of all gave me familiar voices to hear when I needed it. The cancer has all been removed after three surgeries, chemo, and radiation, but I still have a problem. Now I can't fall asleep unless you all are telling me a story, rehashing the latest news, or giving me a lab rats report. That's a problem I can handle. Thank you. So, Oh, my gosh. Shirley, we are so happy that you made it through the year. We're so happy that you have your own six real-life sisters who can help you through, and, of course, that we can help, too. That is so the spirit of the Satellite Sisterhood. You know, I know we've all been involved, Julie and Leon, you know, we've all been involved with friends who are going through this kind of treatment, and it is important to have someone be there with you, take you to appointments, just to have that company. So, Shirley, if we were that company for you, then that makes us very, very happy. Then there was another extremely nice email from, hang on, I'm just calling this up, from Jill. Jill from Anaheim, who writes a lot. Um, She wanted to make sure that we knew that Diana Nyad was about to reach the beach in Cuba. So she she wrote this when on the very day that uh, that the swim was ending. And she wrote, that victory might put her closer to her nude bathing suit dreams. So... (laughs) 
For those of you who have not heard Sheila's locker room encounter with Diane and I had, it is posted on our Facebook page again, and it is our June 16th show, if you want to find that in iTunes. It was Sheila, one-on-one with Diane and I had, long before the whole world knew about what Diane and I had was up to. Anyway, so Jill goes on, speaking of dreams, I hope Sheila's bamboo dreams made it to Pinterest by now. As a veteran kindergarten teacher, I'm concerned that the fire marshal is going to make Sheila tear down her boards because they were backed with felt. I laughed hard when I heard Sheila describe the length she went to craft her dreams, knowing my school district gave me notice to strip my boards of fabric-backed boards. If the felt has to come down, maybe Sheila can use it to craft to craft with her third graders. So, I don't know. Lee, in your text from Sheila this week, didn't give us the impression that the fire marshal said shut down her bulletin boards, did it? No, and I can also guarantee you that um, Sheila will never be able to figure out Pinterest. So, <laughs> based on her ability to figure out Skype, I wouldn't hold your breath for the Pinterest board. <laughs> so. All right, Jill also wanted to reassure me. I, I asked a couple of weeks ago on on the show, does anyone else out there still have landlines? And many of you do, so that makes me feel good. Uh, Jill has three landlines. So that's, I think, a special prize goes to Jill. Um, and she also she can't wait to hear our new plans for the Satellite Sisters in September, which we keep hinting at. So sooner or later, we got to get organized, uh, deciding what those new plans are, sisters. Uh, I, I think it's next weekend. Things are going to be happening. That's, that's yeah. what I think it is. Yeah, Again, I wouldn't be uh, too excited. <laughs> Just a little bit of excitement. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's a little bit of excitement. It's, we're mixing it up a little bit. That was last week's, you know, experiment with Satellite Sisters next gen. We might try that some more. Anyway, we'll get, we'll give you the full, um, full update on that. Uh, if you had a, con- this is Jill again. She writes, if you had a contest for most listened to hours in a day for your Satellite Sisters listeners, I would win hands down. I would also win most retelling of Satellite Sisters stories and quotes. Love to you all. Jill. Uh, oh, that's nice. Uh, Jill, thank you very much. It is always nice to hear from you. And one last thing about where the Satellite Sisterhood gets together. You know, Mari, who was on our Facebook group, took it upon herself to start her own Satellite Sisters Fitness Challenge. So if you're not in on this, there's still time. It's a September group. Uh, DailyMile.com is where she has all set it up. And I just joined today. So Mari, I'm sorry it took me so long. I've had kind of a busy month so far in September. We have 50 participants. And it's not so much a prize-driven thing. It's more a participation-driven thing. And she created a Satellite Sisters Challenge on DailyMile.com. If you use Nike Plus, which is what we used last time, uh, Nike Plus also syncs to DailyMile.com. So you can go there yourself. You can enroll. Let's see. Our leaders so far, Joe is in the lead, number one. Mari herself is number two. And Arena is number three. But we have a total of 50 participants I personally have a total of three miles in there, so believe me, it's not it's not too late for those of you uh, who want to jump in on that. And this, yeah, is, I think I can catch up to three miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you don't have fancy technology, last time with Nike Plus, some people had a problem with that because they didn't want to buy the thing. Daily Mile Leon, is totally on the honor system. You can enter your own miles, and uh, so it's good. So oh, I we like all that. try. We, we all trust each other in the sisterhood, so just go there, join. Well, there are 22 days left in uh, the September contest. We'll see how it goes in September, and then we'll figure out some sort of ongoing plan. How about that? So I'm there. Monica's there. Anyone else that wants to join there, dailymile.com, and just search on the challenge that is Satellite Sisters. So there you have it. Okay. Excellent report. Wow, mailbag, challenges, trips to Europe, chicas. The spot quiz about Dennis (laughs) Rodman. Don't forget that. We had it all. Had it all on today's Satellite Sisters. All right, you guys, I have to go to the open house uh, at my son's high school. So, time to go. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Have a wild week. Yeah, everybody have a great week. And uh, don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. 